Hi, all of you wonderful scuba divers out there. Welcome to the Scuba Diver Magazine podcast, where I break down the latest scuba diving news and things that have piqued my interests over the week and the kind of stuff that I've seen over on social media. Um, this week, the ruling on the death of a diving student was released or announced, and the Brazilian Navy has sunk an elderly decommissioned aircraft carrier in the South Atlantic, um, but every single part of the, that news story is kind of bad news. You, you see that they've sunk an aircraft carrier and you think, great, it's going to be like the, the USS uh, Kitty Wake that we can go scuba diving on. Um, but no, basically, uh, and it, the news story just gets worse and worse the more you read into it. Um, but yeah, first, let's have a look at some news stories. So the first news story is continuing updates from the Nicola Bully uh, missing person story so this if um if it's not being um like in the news internationally this is kind of a huge story over here in the uk where this this lady basically just disappeared off the face of the earth she took her kids to um to primary school she then was walking the dog and she met up with a couple other dog walkers said the usual hello and all that kind of stuff she then like started a a teams meeting with her workplace like out in this field whilst walking the dogs and then just disappeared her mobile phone with this microsoft teams meeting was still like connected on this park bench her dog was just running around and there's there's like no no sight of her and this has been going on for like uh, over a week now and because it's right next to the river weir of course everyone thinks that oh maybe she slipped in they've had specialist diving teams in and it's it was a private team of professional scuba divers they volunteered to join with the police in searching the river weir in lancashire for this missing woman and They've used side scan radar and all that kind of stuff. It's it's a relatively slow moving river, and they've searched like kilometers of it. And um, and this is the the specialist group, International SGI, uh, who who do this exact thing. And no, haven't found anything. There's currently no evidence of her like slipping into the water. But because it is a tidal river. Now the police are in the actual nearby ocean and they're searching that just in case she um, she found her way into the ocean. Uh, this is just one of those really weird, weird stories where women just literally just blips off the face of the earth. And, um, and yeah, now scuba divers are just... <laughs> doing all of these search patterns using all sorts of clever yeah, side scan radar, ROVs, magnetometers, anything. Uh, but yeah, the um, the like professional search dive team have basically said, no, there's zero chance of her being in the river itself, the parts that we searched. Uh, there's no way that we could have missed her. So there's, there's no real idea of um, sort of what's happened. And at the moment, the police are basically saying we have no idea. There's there's basically one like one track that she may have um, walked through, which isn't covered by CCTV. But yeah, very very suspicious story. Uh, but yeah, the, the scuba divers they they've been in. They've searched the entire river up and down the river, 
and they um, they don't reckon that she's fallen in at all. But yeah, now the uh, the search has continued on into the sea, but the um, the the professional like search team, not the police divers, uh, the the search team have basically said. I, she's she's a long way this isn't a particularly fast flowing river there's a low well almost impossible chance that she did make her way to the ocean however now of course the police have to um search it just in case so um yeah very very mysterious story this one the next new story is the judgment on a instructor who um whose student died in uh, in Stony Cove has um, has had the, uh, yeah, the the judgment ruling so this was a diving instructor who led a, a a rebreather training dive in which his student drowned has been sentenced after a health and safety executive investigation found him responsible for multiple failings and this is kind of yeah it really is kind of one of the reasons why I stopped teaching uh, i love teaching but one thing that one of my um, uh, one of my buddies said to me and we used to teach together all the time and he basically said that yeah it, it's kind of inevitable that if you teach long enough then something bad is going to happen and yeah that they're going to look into absolutely everything and not saying that i ever like cut corners or did anything but the the more that you read into this story you kind of go oof yeah no you shouldn't have done that and this that and the other and it's it's kind of tough so this was technically instructor lance palmer who runs the lp diving and marine services in penkridge uh, pleaded guilty at leicester magistrates court on the 25th of january to breaching the health and safety at work act he was ordered to carry out 50 hours of unpaid work and pay just over three thousand pounds in costs so this is all to do with a fatal accident that occurred in june 2018 before the pandemic if you can remember before the pandemic when life was different um but Palmer was supervising 55-year-old Roger Clark, a uh, an experienced open-circuit diver from Stafford, and they were conducting an entry-level TDI closed-circuit rebreather course at the Leicester uh, Inland Dive Site, Stony Cove. Um, obviously, not Stony Cove's issue. They were just diving there. It's like there's a local lake here, and it has kind or well, near where I live, and it kind of has a bad name, but just because some there have been some accidents there it's not necessarily the dive site's fault it, it, it's more the, the the training agencies and and the people involved so you can't really blame stony cove stony cove is a wonderful dive site i go there quite frequently palmer had apparently serviced the rebreather that clark the student was using according to the course requirements the training dive should have been no deeper than 30 meters so that's the maximum depth for this training dive however the instructor and a safety diver took clark down to the sump which is the deepest point at uh, stony cove that's 35 meters so that's a big no-no um you should have had that kind of um i can't really think of the word but like restraint and basically saying no we can take you down to 30 meters but but that's it um yeah so that's that's a big red flag uh whilst at this depth clark's rebreather issued audible and visual warnings calling for him to bail out onto open circuit which palmer for a time failed to notice so this is quite tricky because 
it would have been or it would have been really obvious to the student because with a lot of rebreathers you get a small like heads up display and it just sits in the corner of your eye and for the units that i've used they have like either a traffic light system so you get a little green light that just says yep everything's all right and you might get an amber light or you might get a red light um, some vibrate as well so your mouthpiece actually vibrates that's really good at getting your attention otherwise your uh, your dive computer on your wrist it, it'll beep at you, there'll be flashing lights, some of them vibrate now. Uh, so it would have been quite obvious for the, um, uh, for the student, and it should have been quite obvious for the, uh, for the instructor as well, because again, a lot of units flash an alert, and you should have been able to hear that audible alarm. And the, the students eventually did bail out onto their open circuit, because you usually have a, uh, a bailout open circuit cylinder, just in case because rebreathers are tricky animals and yeah sometimes they do just go a little bit nuts i've been on dives where it it, it tells me to bail out i bail out and uh, and then like two minutes later it says oh no everything's fine so you go back onto it and then it asks you to bail out again so yeah it just it just happens sometimes there's a ghost in the machine that just says no uh bail out to uh, to open circuit but uh, yeah, so the student is now unconscious. The other two divers uh, were said to have failed in their bid to bring him to the surface. They spent another five minutes at the maximum depth, 35 meters with Clark. And by the time that he was brought to the surface, he was found to have drowned. So no one apart from these two divers really know exactly what happened then and there. Um, but obviously the uh, the courts and HSC are just looking at the dive data that show that they spent five minutes, which is a really long time to uh, to get him up to the um, or five minutes at that maximum depth to then get up to the surface. Um, the HSC found that in the planning and the managing of the dive, Palmer had failed to adequately maintain and check Clark's rebreather or to remain close enough to monitor him on the dive and notice when his alarms were activated. Yeah, when it's instructor, one student and a safety diver, there really is no excuse. You, you should be like right on their hip. So that's, you know, sometimes students do go missing. Um, it does happen, especially in like inland dive sites, because the visibility can be so poor. But in those circumstances, yeah, especially one on one, you can use like buddy lines and stuff. So, yeah, it, it should be quite tricky to um, uh, to lose a student in pretty much a one on one situation. Um, Palmer had also contravened TDI course rules by exceeding the maximum depths uh, on repeat dives and had failed to use an adequately qualified rescue diver. So his backup diver wasn't like uh, uh, of the appropriate skill level by the sounds of it. And this is this is a huge no-no. And it's not a, a lot of people think that. Oh well, yeah. It must be quite easy to uh, to teach or become like a qualified teaching assistant. It's it's a whole different ball game. And even if you do get that like qualification, it's not for every diver. You have to have that mindset on. 
okay, when something hits the fan, you do need to be able to fix that problem quickly and efficiently. And to have someone that isn't even like qualified to uh, to do it, huge red flag. And it should have been a dreadfully sorry. Uh, I don't have the um, the appropriate like dive team with me to complete this dive. I know it's a problem, student. Uh, I apologise to you, but yeah, we're going to have to postpone this uh, this training dive. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a huge red flag. Uh, Leicester City and South Leicestershire Coroner Ivan Cartwright concluded that Palmer and the safety divers' errors and omissions had significantly increased the risks of the dive and might have caused or contributed to Clark's death. Um, yeah, it, it's just one of those things. And my like recommendations because I did a uh, video a while back about like tips and tricks for um, for instructors just to make your your teaching that much easier yeah one of them is you have to stick to the rules um there's there's absolutely zero like flexibility if there's like a guideline because for for every single course uh, every um, training agency for every course it's going to have listed absolutely everything minimum age requirements for the uh, the students minimum ratios for the instructor to students uh, recommended this that and the other what the student has to do for to complete the dive um, maximum depth limits dive times and all that kind of stuff and if you stick within those limits and something goes wrong then it's more on the training agency for their legal team to um, uh, to like defend any kind of court cases however if you do like stray out of it and you do go a little bit deeper or you you try and cut corners and do something make it a little bit more fun for the student uh then yeah you are basically on your own so um oh, it's truth so yeah it, it's just it's not a good um not a good situation and again it just reaffirms that truth teaching is a a serious thing a lot of people they they see dive instructors as oh you know is it's just like a a part-time thing it's it's not that serious um i don't really know why it's just kind of seen because i um when i was teaching i had to go see a, a physiotherapist for my shoulder and he um he effectively we, we were chatting about my uh, my teaching and all that and he was like oh so when are you going to get a real job like, what do you mean when you're going to a real job um it, it, it's just some people see it as this like part-time thing that no one really takes that kind of seriously but yeah it's a really serious job and it has real serious consequences especially if you do something wrong so yeah you have to be very very disciplined and yeah this just goes on to uh, to like really confirm that and um Oh, it's truth yeah it, it goes into like my mindset when i was deciding to uh, to stop teaching because i love teaching teaching is amazing um i i enjoyed every single uh, every single lesson every student however yeah if something were to have gone wrong then yeah you are dragged across the coals and they analyze and they micromanage every single little detail um so yeah you do have to make sure that you do everything absolutely correctly as you should um that you can't really cut corners especially in this kind of industry so um yeah it's true that was a um not not really a bombshell but just <laughs> news that uh, that hit this week and the other one was in uh, in brazil so this was a an aircraft carrier 
that from from what I've heard, it's it's basically been trying to make port for like a couple of months now, and everywhere has been like turning it away. So they basically decided to scuttle it. Um, but it, it's it's ruffled a lot of feathers, and I'm going to explain why. So this was the Brazilian Navy. They sunk an elderly decommissioned aircraft carrier in the South Atlantic, and it's basically contravening a whole bunch of warnings about the environmental damage that it's considered likely to cause, and very likely based on uh, sort of what was on board. So this was a controlled sinking um, that was carried out about 190 nautical miles off the Brazilian coast in an area around five kilometers deep. Uh, and this was on the 3rd of February. So it's not even that they were intentionally sinking it to turn it into a dive site because that would be pretty cool. It's an, it's an aircraft carrier. Uh, yeah, they've done it for like the uh, the USS Kitty Wake and all sorts of other like military vessels. However, those were like prepared. They they took all the like engines and the uh, the electronics and they they took all of that kind of stuff out so that it will make a, a safe dive site and a um, and an artificial reef. But the 266-meter-long Sao Paulo originally started life in France in the late 1950s as the um, ooh, the the Foch F O C H. I think that's Foch and not Foch. Um, but anyway, it was scuttled after a succession of ports inside and outside of Brazil decide, uh, declined to accept it. And environmental groups have claimed that the warship is just packed with toxic materials, including an estimated 760 tons of asbestos, Uh, more than 300 tons of PCB-contaminated material and heavy metals that, of course, now that they've sunk it underwater, could leach into the, the water to pollute the entire marine ecosystem in the area. They have described the wreck as not an artificial reef, but as a 30,000 ton toxic package. Now, the um, uh, Jim Puckett of the uh, Basel Action Network, which is a US charity, uh, said, we're in shock because we've been asking the Brazilian Navy to simply return the ship to a naval base for months to get a proper survey of the hazardous materials on board. Um, but yeah, they, they just like, nah, we, no one wants us, so we're just going to sink it. And um and they, uh, Jim goes on to say, now it's become clear that they would rather contaminate the environment and lose millions of dollars to avoid allowing further scrutiny of the true contents of the ship. Uh, because, yeah, they're basically saying that it's all basically recyclable steel. Now, obviously, it's not the easiest to recycle, but... Yeah, you can recycle steel. And the, the sinking was like completely unnecessary. So they're basically saying, you know what? They probably had a lot of like toxic, nasty stuff that they didn't want like declared. So they just pushed out into the ocean and then sunk it. And the Brazilian Navy's action has actually violated three international environmental treaties. 
So not only the Basel Convention, but the Stockholm Convention on Persistent Organic Pollutants and the London Convention and Protocol to Promote Control of All Sources of Marine Pollution. And Nicola Mullinaris of the NGO Shipbreaking Platform has stated that what happened last night will go down in history as the single most blatant violation of chemicals and waste treaties ever to take place at the hands of a country. An independent inquiry as to why this took place must be undertaken to ensure that such a thing never happens again. And Brazil actually bought the vessel in um, uh, in the year 2000 for $12 million. Of course, yeah, it was previously um, uh, France's and it was used in the very first of France's uh, nuclear tests in the Pacific in the 1960s. Later on, it was used in Africa, the Middle East and former Yugoslavia. And Last year, 2022, they actually commissioned a Turkish company to scrap it. But because none of these ports were willing to take it in, uh, then, yeah, they, they just decided to sink it, uh, which is just like a ridiculous decision. So, yeah, I think this is going to be one of those news stories that we um, like keep coming back to over the years because there was something about um, like very deep water reefs around Brazil as well. They were looking to... Um, uh, like deep water oil platforms and drilling, which was going to destroy all these reefs. And, uh, I think they managed to uh, prevent that, but oh, it's truth. Yeah. Now they've got this 30,000 ton, um, aircraft carrier that's full of asbestos and toxic waste. Uh, that's just going to like leach into the water systems. So we're going to see what's going to happen to that. Um, over the coming years and decades, probably. Um, yeah, you'll probably hear the, the name of the, the Sao Paulo aircraft carrier yeah, in, the, in the next upcoming decades. As far as equipment news, there was one thing that was announced, and that was Fourth Element's men's hydro stinger suit. So this is basically a full body rash vest. And it covers your head and your hands as well. It has integrated gloves. And as the name suggests, Stinger Suit, it's really designed for the protection from stinging jellyfish and zooplankton, which seasonally occur in tropical waters. And this Stinger Suit is made to provide like all over protection, like arms, legs, body, head, uh, is everything except like your, your very face and like your feet, but your feet are usually in, uh, in boots. And it's made using a heavier grade fabric that's made from recycled post-consumer plastic because, of course, it's fourth element. Um, the suit is not only good at protecting you from stinging organisms because even like a lot of major jellyfish, uh, as long as you've got that like very thin rash vest material, their stingers can't get through it or they at least don't sense that you're like worthy of stinging if that makes sense because if a, a jellyfish like touches a rock or some algae it doesn't like fire off its stingers but if it touches like an organism then it does so with that rash vest material it protects you and trust me you do not want those like stinging um like things i've been on plenty of dives where all of a sudden you just get this jab of a sting and uh, it can get into some rather intimate areas but if you're wearing a complete body suit then yeah you're kind of protected head to toe and yeah with these integrated gloves as well it's got you protected it it really is like a, a complete wetsuit 
but made out of uh, recycled material and it protects you from the sun as well so if you're like prevalence to getting sunburn um, then yeah it's got 50 plus protection flat lock seams and whatnot so it's uh, it's all nice and comfortable and yeah it's ocean positive so it's um it's 85 percent recycled polyester from ocean bound plastic bottles they collect the bottles they clean it up they re-spin it into this material and then that goes into the uh, goes into the weave so yeah it's it's actively good for our oceans uh, right now it has a recommended retail price of 80 pounds uh, so yeah if you're planning on going somewhere nice this summertime uh, but you you're aware that there are like jellyfish or stinging plankton in that area uh, that you want to avoid then yeah the uh, the hydro stinger suit is there a um, is there a women's version as well let's have a look yes there is a women's version as well uh, it's very much the same it's it's all black the um as far as like logos go you've got a, a subtle muted uh they like totem pole uh logo as i describe it with the four element symbols that's across the back you've got the little uh, like technical logo on the um on the left hand chest and you've got fourth elements quite subtle it's quite subtle it's not like um like scuba pro branding where it's got scuba pro dotted all over it uh but yeah just very simple black and yeah the, the integrated gloves i don't know why that really stands out you don't tend to see like integrated gloves too much but um yeah, yeah, if you need it, it, that now exists. Otherwise, that's about it as far as I've seen um, equipment. I finally got to uh, to convince Apex to uh, to send me a DSX dive computer. Uh, apparently, it's in the post. Um, so I'm hoping any day now that's going to uh, that's going to arrive. So I'll do a video for that as soon as I can. Um, yeah, other videos, videos that went live this week, we got the uh, the headbanging video. Uh, this was from a, someone messaged me, I think it was on YouTube. It, it could have been another social media platform, but they, they basically said, how do I stop like the um, the cylinder bam, like cracking on the back of my head every time I look up? And there, there are a few ways to help prevent it. And yeah, it is one of those things that, that sucks on a dive when you've mounted the cylinder a little bit too high or you're basically too low depending on your life views um and you the normally the first time that you you feel it is probably in the entry if you're doing giant stride or rollback entry then you tend to like clonk your head onto something uh which is not a nice uh, experience otherwise in the water every time you just like look up if you want to look forwards or you want to look up at the surface and try and find your buddy or whatever and then it's like clonk you hit your head on something uh yeah that just sucks so it really is about the first thing that i recommend is your first stage because a lot of first stages on your regulators when you take them straight out of the box and the manufacturer set them up a lot of the time they set it up so that the the tallest part of the first stage sticks up whereas i tend to invert them so you just have to take the hoses out and fit them to the other side it's not that hard the the main thing that you have to uh, remember is that it's quite soft metal so you don't want to wrench them in too hard because you can damage the screw threads on the hoses and your first stage but once you've done one or two it's, it's pretty easy to uh, to swap them over and that can save you a good inch, maybe two in some first stage um, designs. So that's a good way to to immediately 
prevents you from um, you know, from banging your head. Another one is, is basically, yeah, just mounting the cylinder a fair bit lower. It's that like catch-22. You don't want it so low that you can't reach it with your hand. You need to be able to reach that cylinder valve just in case. Um, but you don't want it so high that, yeah, it bangs the back of your head every time you, uh, every time you look upwards. Um, another one was to look like a dry suit diver. And, and this one, because dry suits are quite prevalent here in the UK, this is just a thing that I tend to do now anyway, without even thinking, is that a lot of divers, they naturally, or a lot of wetsuit divers, I should say, they naturally turn and look with their neck Whereas dry suit divers, you'll find they turn and look as if they're wearing a neck brace. You look with your shoulders because you have that airtight or usually airtight neck seal. If you like turn your neck too much in the water, especially look straight up at the surface, then sometimes that neck seal can slip and let a bit of water in. So during dry suit training, you usually teach divers to look with your shoulders and turn with your shoulders instead of turning your neck just to like maintain that dry suit neck seal. Uh, so that can help. And because you're not like moving your chin very much, then of course, yeah, you, you're mechanically not going to be bumping your head. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it's just adjusting your, um, uh, your shoulder straps and stuff. There's another one that I was thinking about adding into it, but yeah, it's it has some issues and it's a lot of commercial divers. You'll see them mount their cylinders backwards, basically. So now the first stage is facing away from you. Um, but in like overhead environments, that's quite an issue because the first thing that's going to smack into something is going to be your first stage and you don't want the first stage to be the thing that smacks into something. Um, just kind of stuff like that. But um, yeah, the, the real ones are invert that first stage if you can, but also lower that cylinder, uh, move those cam bands up the cylinder and, uh, and that should help. Uh, one of the ask marks was, uh, do you wear the weight belts over or underneath your crotch strap and it seems counterintuitive but you should actually wear your weight belt underneath your crotch strap now it seems counterintuitive because well if you need to get rid of your weight belt then surely it's like trapped underneath your weight belt and that's kind of a yes and no answer because normally by the time that you you're wearing a bcd with a crotch strap you're usually at that kind of a, a level or progression in your uh, in your diving career that you're you're experienced enough to problem solve and if you do need to drop your weights then you can just unthread them from underneath the uh, underneath the crotch strap because the crotch strap isn't that tight um but also if it does get caught then you can undo the crotch strap you can even cut the crotch strap if you desperately need to um at that kind of level, you shouldn't be like in such an issue where you need to ditch lead absolutely instantaneously. Uh, for that instance, then yeah, you might as well just go back to integrated weight systems. But it's more the failure point of the quick release weight belt because if it should accidentally disconnect, if you've put it on a little bit too loose, and now at depth, your dry suit or your wetsuit has compressed. Now it's slipping off your hips. 
because a lot of divers don't have like defined hips, then yeah, now you've lost your weight belt. It's either like around your ankles, in which case you're in real trouble to try and sort that out, especially by yourself. But if you're wearing a crotch strap, the crotch strap kind of catches it for you. So it does you a favor. And uh, yeah, there's, there's just mo mo there's more pros to having it underneath the crotch strap than there is to having it over the top of the crotch strap so yeah the usual like dir recommendation is to have it actually underneath the crotch strap nice and close to your uh, to your body um otherwise yeah just integrated weight pockets and yeah someone was asking about the uh, the dsx dive computer the apex have this new dsx dive computer and yeah, we're, <clears throat> the the question was basically, are you going to do a video on it? And yes, yes, I am. Uh, I, I've just been waiting for a, um, a marketing version. All of the as soon as because it's Apex. Um, as soon as one comes available, it kind of gets sent straight out to um, out to a customer, basically, or like to a dealer and then on to a customer. So it's been quite hard for me to get my hands on one. But we have been talking with Apex, and uh, and yeah, we should be uh, getting our hands on one. Uh, apparently, it's in the post, um, and I've never been lied to before. So hopefully, it's uh, it will arrive any day now. Um, I think we're going to um, to release the video as part of like a um, an international release. So it's probably going to be a couple of weeks before the uh, the actual video is produced. Um, but yes, I will be getting one. So if you do have any specific questions about it, by all means, send them through. YouTube is the uh, is the best thing. Uh, if you send it through on uh, on YouTube, and uh, and I should see it. Uh, it's better if you put Ask Mark because we do get a lot of comments on all the different videos. Um, so some of them do get missed. Whereas if you use that Ask Mark hashtag, because YouTube sees it as a link, it kind of it puts it behind the scenes for me to authorize it so um so then i do see all of those so if you do need a specific question answered about it yeah pop a um a hashtag on that um but yeah that's it um again another quiet week it's it's kind of the calm before the storm um the uh, the go diving show in uh, in march is when the uh, is when the dive season really starts to uh, like kick in so uh, so yeah we'll we'll be there you'll see uh, i'll start to do some, some some videos about that and the uh, the new equipment anything that i see over there we've got the big manufacturers so there should be some interesting things coming over at the uh, at the co diving show um so yeah uh, if you're going to be there and you you spot me then um yeah say hello and um yeah, I'll, I'll see you there. Otherwise, that's it for another week. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Again, if you've got any news stories, um, yeah, just let me know. Again, YouTube is the best way to uh, to get in contact with me. Uh, but yeah, if you've done anything marvelous and you want me to chat about it on uh, on next week's podcast, yeah, pop it in one of the comments. And uh, and yeah, if you add a link to uh, to wherever it is, then uh, it will uh, it will filter it behind the scenes so that I see it. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. And of course, safe diving.